Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Oh, yeah, here we are. <laughs> Monday night. Can yes. you believe it? It's awesome. We finally made our first podcast here, and it's uh, good to be here tonight. We put a lot of work into this, and uh, God has done an amazing work uh, in and through so many people, and man, I'm just blessed to be here. So uh, I'm Jody Burkeen. I'm the founder of Man Up God's Way Men's Ministry and uh, the author of uh, Man Up Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World, and uh, um, glad to be here. I'm your host here. I also have a co-host here, Ben Neely. How you doing, brother? I'm great, man. I'm right. so excited. Nervous. <laughs> just a uh, long time coming. Uh, I'm I'm glad to see what God's doing with your ministry. You've uh, been doing this a long time, and uh, I know your yeah, passion man. for men, and um, you've been a great pastor, a friend, a discipler, and I'm just honored that we're going on this journey together. Amen. So excited, man. Dude, I'm God glad bless. you're here. I'm glad you're here. So uh, we also have a, a production crew here with us. Uh, we got Rusty and uh, Rusty Munson and Samuel Fergoza in the back. Rusty, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Okay. He's uh, he's my tech guy in the back. And uh, Samuel, how you doing, man? Doing good, brother. We're I'm here. glad you guys are here. That's my lighting and production guy. And then I got my son back here, Gabe. He's going to take some pictures of us. I hope you make me look skinny, dude, okay? Yeah. Can you do that? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how all three guys that have the face for the camera got in the background, and the two guys with the faces that aren't for camera got, got at the mic. So we're still trying to figure that out. It's not what you know. God, it, not what you know is who you know. God's it? ways are not our ways. Exactly. Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Samuel the other day. Not Samuel Fergoza, but Samuel the prophet, and uh, how God told him to. Uh, not look at the man when he was picking David make sure he looked at his heart. So maybe it's our heart, right, you right. know, exactly. It's My wife would beg to differ, but <laughs> we won't get into that right now. We got plenty of time to talk about being a bad husband sometimes. There you go. Heck yeah. Well, this is uh, podcast number one of what I hope to be a long time coming. Um, I've tried to do podcasts in the past and, you know, just trying to do it in the corner of a room and I just didn't feel like it was uh, really what I wanted to do. We did some in the front of our church at one time, and I know that you got to be there for me on one, one of those. And man, just over the years, I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And finally, man, just God just lit a fire in my butt. I met a few guys, and we'll talk about that here in a little while, that encouraged me and pushed me a little bit further. And then you and I got to talking about it, and it was something that you wanted to do. And so <laughs> you yeah. had me calling you every once in yeah. a while. I'm like, dude, when are we going to start a podcast? When are we starting a podcast? Let's just do it. I know. Like, I'm just like, let's just get in the living room and do it. Yeah. But at Man Up, one thing you guys need to know about Jody is if he can, he's always going to do it in excellence. Amen. So we're, we're never going to do it on a couch in the living room. Not that that's a bad thing. Right. Uh, we're not judging anybody. We're just, Jody's going to do things as as he sees as excellent for the Lord. So Amen. hopefully uh, in the in the podcast world, this is a pretty good studio. Can't complain. Can't <laughs> complain. So, yeah, we got started. And, um, you know, just what I'd like to do is just really share the history of Man Up, you know, for our audience. Uh, we have one of the largest social media platforms in the nation. Uh, matter of fact, in the world, I should say, for men's ministry. We have over 870,000 followers on uh, Facebook. We've got 32,000 followers on Instagram. 
We have uh, multiple uh, other platforms, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok. I just got on TikTok. I don't know why I did that. It's the dumbest like, oh platform gosh. yet, but... Uh, we could do an episode on that. Yeah, we could probably. I was so. on it for sorry, I was on it for one week one time. And by the seventh day, I felt the Holy Spirit say, It's yeah, just it's, it's, it's just not rabbit it. trails. It's yeah. just trash, right? Yeah. So I got it on there for man up and I'm hoping yeah. my daughter will take over. She's a lot younger than I am, but uh yeah, so we've got we've got massive social media presence, and now we want to present this podcast to all of those people, uh, and hopefully turn this into a, a podcast that people want to listen to. Uh, it's going to be a variety podcast. We're going to be talking about faith. We're going to be talking about life, social media, culture. Um, you know, things, real life, raw, relevant things that go on in our lives that. Hopefully, we'll draw other men and women because uh, not only are you and I going to be talking, we're going to have guests on here as well. Uh, my wife and I will be talking quite a bit, you know, just getting uh, her on here to talk about marriage and uh, how awesome a husband I am, you yes. know, so <laughs> exactly. And uh, so we're really looking forward to just what God is um, putting out there. So um, this is not going to be your typical Christian Let's do a Bible study kind of podcast. It's going to be real life, and we're going to talk about real, raw, relevant things that uh, go on in my life and your life and the lives of the men and women that are out there listening. Yeah. We've got, you know, we've they, they can't see this at this point, but there's another room up here that we're going to be using for content where maybe we set people down, we do a Bible study, film it, do the audio, and you can hear the, the back and forth, the discussions about the Bible. We've got avenues that in the future that we're going to do with all that the main thing that you just touched on that i want to touch on too is that this isn't going to we're not going to be sitting here arguing about scripture all the time right uh we're, we're, we we would be teaching men not to argue to the degree that we say men arguing over scripture not that there shouldn't be debates right. not that we not that we shouldn't talk about it and 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 talk about what we think it says but there we've got a lot of christians out there today that are arguing over things that we would consider to be minors in the Bible. So we just want to prepare everybody that if, if you're coming to this podcast and you're looking for two men that are going to sit here and break down Scripture all the time and study it intently, mm. we do that in our lives, but this isn't the avenue for that. Right, exactly. We will be talking about Scripture. Yes. If we see something, if we disagree with each other, we'll be talking about right, it. Exactly. Uh, but we're not, this isn't just for me and you to sit down and study the book of it, Romans over a three-week period. Didn't you order a button that says no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I've got, they didn't get here in time, but I've got a no and a yes button. So when you hit the no button, it does something like, no, no, no. And if you hit the yes button, it does the opposite. Right. So if we disagree with something one of us says or one of these guys says, we can hit the no button. Everybody get out there to Bibles and defend yourself, right? That's if it's a if we agree with something and we want to elaborate on the point that you made more than right. I made more, we hit the yes button. And that way we know we're going to get into this an agreeable go. discussion that you just want to make a more point. I mean, obviously, it'll be me making the better points. Yeah, uh -huh, exactly. And you wanting to yeah. expand yeah. on, but... Yes, sir, Samuel. Pastor, uh, we had a question from Facebook. Uh, okay. Paul's asking, uh, what's the denomination? So we are basically what I would call non-denomination. All of our, what we believe in our statement of faith is on our website at uh, manupgodsway.org. Uh, you can go there and find that, and it'll tell you exactly what we believe and why we believe it. And... Uh, um, that's a good question. I appreciate uh, appreciate them asking. Um, but uh, we we believe in the Bible. We believe in the Trinity. We believe that Jesus Christ is a, 
the Savior of the world, that he um, was born of a virgin birth, that he lived a, a sinless life. He was willingly walked up on the cross, um, buried in a tomb, and rose three days later, walked the earth for 40 days, and he's coming back. Yes, and Lord. that's... Uh, that's what we believe in. We'll uh, hang our hat on, if you, if, if so to speak. So, and I would encourage anybody to do what Jody said. Go to the go to the website and look at our our statement of faith. I would encourage anybody to do that mm-hmm. before they start listening or make a decision to listen to us. Really good question. So, for those who are following on social media right now, uh, no matter what platform you're on, whether it's YouTube or Man Up um, Facebook page, uh, we also have a Man Up God's Way group that is men only, 32,000 men strong uh, in that community, um, and they, and, and YouTube. So you can follow us on YouTube as well. So no matter what platform you're on, as soon as you type in the chat, we get it here. Uh, my guys in the back will let us know if there's a question or a disagreement with something that we say. We, you know, we want to be able to come alongside of you and answer those kind of questions and just make sure that we're uh, on the same page and just really engage with our community. And so um, and we've got it set up. Uh, it's pretty cool how technology allows us just to be able to reach um, hundreds of thousands of, if not millions of people and uh, really excited about it. So um, join us, uh, be sure to subscribe to Facebook uh, or follow us on Facebook, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and help us share this. I mean, share it to as many people as you possibly can and uh, allow us to reach, uh, reach more and more. So and then Spotify's hot right now. Yeah. So how, how can they find us on Spotify? So all you got to do is type in man up God's way on any platform that you're on. Uh, we, we already have a channel on Spotify. We have a channel on YouTube. We have a channel on iTunes. We have a channel on Amazon pod play. I mean, like if, you, if we've got it just about iHeart radio i mean we're on all of them so as far as the podcast the way that this is going to work is that we are going to have um so we'll have the podcast on monday nights and it'll be live on uh, all the social media channels and then tuesday morning it will go on to the podcast platforms so that way you can download it listen it while you drive time uh and it'll all be set up for that as well so uh, make sure that you go there and check that out so um, as far as, uh, as far as the rest of the evening goes, man, it's really, what I'd like to do is just really talk about the history, um, of how man up, uh, got here, um, kind of how we got to where we are today. We are literally in our 10th year, uh, right now. Uh, as a matter of fact, in 2011, uh, I just finished my first book, which is, uh, the man up becoming a godly man in an ungodly world. I'd finished it, uh, took me took me about three months to write it, like literally. Right. As a matter of fact, the way that it started was somebody challenged me to write my testimony. And so I gave him, I'd given my life to the Lord in 2003 um, from a life of uh, being an atheist prior to 2003. Um, my children, uh, my oldest two children that I have, um, Evie and Gabe, uh, they're 20 and 19 years old. And I just never forget when I was holding them and um, – they were probably 18 months old. They're 18 months apart, so one of them was two, and the other one, Gabe, was just born. And so I remember holding them both one night uh, in my arms, and I'm looking at their eyes, and I'm watching them breathe, and I'm watching, the, you know, I could feel their heartbeat in my hands. I literally had them both just in, in both arms. And, man, God just opened up the door to my heart at that moment to realize that my kids didn't come out of a cesspool of algae. 
And so that led me on a path to seeking God. My wife, who was seeking God uh, anyway, uh, we just moved to St. Louis. And uh, uh, this moment, uh, she came up to me one day with a flyer in her back pocket and said, hey, we're going to church. And I was like, okay. So one thing led to another, another one. One thing led to another. And then May 22nd, 2003, I gave my life to the Lord in my living room, or in my, excuse me, in my dining room with my pastor at the time. And it was a hotel church. It was I a hotel church. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, so you got there and you're like, oh my gosh, this woman. I thought it was a cult. <laughs> like literally, she had me walking into this place and I'm thinking, because I grew up in Kentucky and, you know, everything there was brick and mortar, four, you know, four columns and a steeple. And that was church to me. So I had no clue what a church plant was. And if any one of you know us personally and you know our wives you know that we both out kicked our coverage so oh yeah you're probably saying to yourself i don't know why either one of those two idiots ever don't listen to their wives right yeah exactly oh yeah we've got the good ones yeah exactly i I can't complain one bit and i know you can't either but uh yeah she she said hey we're gonna go to this church we went it was in a hotel i'm you know I, i had my kids by the hands you know they're they're very barely walking and I'm thinking, man, if they ask me to sell flyers at the airport, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, um, but it wasn't, it was a, it was an amazing, um, loving group of people that just took, took us in. And one thing led to another man. I gave my life to the Lord and that got, that really just started the change that happened in my life. Like just dra- drastically. I can't, I don't have the time to really sit and talk about how drastic it really was, but, um, the way that, man up uh really started uh in the early years started really welling up in my soul was uh, i started reading my bible and you know my uh, my pastor took me under his wing and he literally said i want you to read first and second timothy he said i'll tell you when to stop and that was um 17 years ago and he hadn't told me to right. stop and we're still friends he's not my pastor anymore but uh, we're still friends, and I still read First and Second Timothy at least twice a year, just because he told me to. Yes. Um, major growth, you know, just happened from that. Um, within the first year, I read through my Bible. Second year, I read through it once or twice. Like, man, I just started eating it alive, and man, I just started realizing that what was happening to me was that the Holy Spirit was moving in me. The Word of God was indwelling into my soul, deep into my soul, and I started realizing what. What was happening in the church was not what I was reading in the Bible. Yes. I'm looking around and I'm going, okay, where are all these godly men? Where are these Davids? Where are these Pauls? Where are these, you know, Barnabases and John Marks? And where are all these guys that in the church? And God just, God told me one day, I just felt like he was just, you know, re- revealing in my soul. He was like, I want you to start discipling men. And that's literally how it started was I just started discipling men and what was crazy, I started discipling men that claimed to be Christians for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years who have never read their Bible, which blew me away as a new Christian, you know, coming in that Christians weren't reading their Bible. I'm thinking this is the greatest thing you could possibly read. It is the Christian epidemic. Right. Yeah. There, we're, we're, we're what I, you know, 17 years into my Christianity, I realized the church is biblically illiterate right now. Yes. Um, and so, and you've known me well enough to, to know that every time I preach on a Sunday, I talk about reading your Bible, praying and repenting. And, um, those are, those are key disciplines. I think that the church needs to have, especially Christian men, um, as, as man up God's way. And so, man, I just started, you know, just pouring into guys and, you know, just trying to disciple as many guys as I possibly could. And God just gave me this vision 
that um, I needed to, and this was about 2009, 2010. I don't remember who the person was that challenged me to write my testimony. Well, I went by, I went through literally a year, and, and the, granted, I'd only been sa saved maybe five, six, seven years, you know, and they're saying, I want you to do your testimony. Yeah. So they really just got me to, to think, okay, what was my testimony? Did it start, you know, May 22nd, 2003, or did it start way before that? Well, for me, it was really way before that. So I started, I started just writing down from childhood, from 12 years old. I don't know why 12 came into my mind, but I just started from writing my childhood, my teenage years, my uh, military career, my marriage at that time, um, which is the same marriage I still have today. Yes. Um, yeah. So I got married in 1990 and, um, and just the, the life that Nan and I had throughout the years and how we were growing in the grace of Jesus. You know, like it was, it was just really cool picture uh, how I read it. I wrote it on paper. And the next thing, you know, I thought, well, crap, why don't I just break this up in chapters? And I got a book. And so that literally happened within three months. I wrote, wrote the book in 2000, uh, late 2011. I got it to the editor right around September, October in 2011. Yeah, that's the book right there. And um, he got it to me almost right around Christmas time, 2011. We didn't launch it or publish it until 2000, January, February, 2012. So we're we're literally going into our 10th year this year. And so, and so this thing probably dies as just a testimony on some paper. If you're not seeing men in the churches at this time that are doing the same thing you are, or other things that you're right. noticing, Hey, something's not adding up here. Right. Exactly. And so what I thought, I thought, well, what I was doing in my discipleship was what I was writing about in the book, along with my testimony. I didn't really know that until I kind of finished the testimony and I, I looked down and I thought, shoot, what can I do? And I'm thinking, well, what did I do in my own life? Well, there were seven areas that I really dealt with in my own life. Number one, my personal relationship. Um, what did my personal relationship look like? It was, well, it, reading the Bible, praying and repenting. That was literally my, I, I would read the Bible. God would convict me. I would pray about it. Um, I would, I actually write prayer journals. Uh, so I was writing the prayer journals down and I was seeing God move maybe even months later in my prayer journals. And so uh, I started doing that. And then, you know, one thing that I think the church is lacking in right now is repenting. Like what truly repenting, not saying, you know, oh God, we forgive me. I screwed up. No, repenting, walking away from that sound. And so in my personal relationship with Jesus, what did that look like? And so those were the three things that that first chapter really started off with was, a personal relationship. The second thing was, was my marriage. Um, I almost screwed my marriage up early on in my ministry because I put my ministry first before I ever did the marriage. Um, and I realized real quick that, well, let me rephrase it. Was, it felt quick to me, but to my wife, it was probably way too long um, that, you know, I, I was preaching and teaching to people I, because I became the assistant pastor of the church that I was going at within two or three years of giving my life to the Lord. Um, and uh, so I'm preaching and teaching these things that I'm not living at home. And for the first time in our marriage, um, she wanted a divorce. How many years in the, the marriage were you at that point? So I was married in 1990 and it was 2005, so 15 years. 
So, you know, all the drinking and the drugging and the stupid stuff that I did um, prior to that, not once did we ever talk about divorce, but the moment I'm preaching and teaching and, you know, I'm, I'm the hypocrite at this point in my wife's eyes that kept me from coming to the church to begin with before I gave my life to the Lord. Like I literally was, you know, I didn't want to go to church or I didn't believe in God and I didn't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites. And here I am, I'm the hypocrite in my own home. And so that that's really the second area. So I, I learned to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And then I learned to have a great relationship with my wife. Zig Ziglar said one time, I'll paraphrase the quote. I hear people all the time saying, I don't go to church because of the hypocrites. Well, friend, if the hypocrites are standing closer to God than you, I'd stop using that. Argument. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, so that's how I ended up with the second chapter, marriage chapter in my book, uh, just talking, you know, just trying to have that relationship with my wife, you know, after I had to pull back out of the ministry just to make sure that I didn't lose my wife and that I had my household in order. And then the third area was uh, fatherhood, you know, so you had personal relationship with Jesus, father or uh, marriage and then fatherhood. And so, you know, one of my goals with my older kids was just to that they get to know God uh, in a way that I didn't know God growing up. You know, I always tell people that I was a drug addict by the time I was 12 years old because every time the church doors were open, I was drugged through them, you know, and my parents made me go Sunday, <laughs> Sunday night and yes. Wednesday night. And uh, it got to a place to where I didn't like church because I wasn't really being taught about a relationship. And so I tried to do things a little bit different with my kids to give them the foundation of who Jesus is in a relationship, not just a religion. Um, it's, it's not a perfect model, but it was the only model that I know. I've got 19 uh, year old who's still walking with the Lord, right? Gabe, you're still walking with the Lord. Amen. Gabe is uh, in the house. Gabe is in the Rusty, house. Do we have, and, and we might not want to do this right now. Rusty, how long would it take you to pull up like some, um, husbands, uh, the, when the father or the husband goes to church, yeah, just give me a second and I'll okay. grab that and how that just because we're talking about that right now, let's, let's show people that may not know what the what the numbers are and right. they're staggering well it's in the 90s um matter of fact look on uh well i'll tell you in here a little bit but uh so you know the personal relationship the marriage the fatherhood those three chapters in my book are really the key to uh, having your household in order and that's a big thing to me is having your household in order uh, my first ministry has to be within my home it ha that's that's the first ministry like I can't be a pastor of a church and I can't have uh, a national men's ministry like we do with man of God's way if I do not have my first ministry in order and it has to be in order it has to be the best that we you know with the power of the Holy Spirit with God involved um, I have to be able to show my first ministry in and through my family uh, I, and you've met my family, um, and I would I would put them on any stage in the nation and say this is my family and ask them any question that you want. We're not perfect. We're we're by far um, you know got it all squared away, but uh, God has done an amazing thing in our lives and uh, continues to do so. So when when I'm talking about the book, I really want men to get their household in order first of all by. If you start having a personal relationship with Jesus, it is going to transform everything else. No matter if your spouse or your kids aren't having a relationship with, it will change you. That's usually the problem with most relationships and most families is they don't, um, they don't try to change themselves. 
They want to change right, every. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to change my wife. Rush, you got some numbers there? Yeah, I've got some numbers here. It says you know of the roughly 94 million men that are in the United States, 68 million of them do not attend church. But what's interesting of those is that the percentage of those that say that they grew up with some sort of religion is around 85 percent. Wow. No kidding. And and man, I just you know. I'm here tonight to tell you, you need to get yourself and your family to church. Amen. And stop yep. using this. L- listen to me. You are not going to show me anywhere in the Bible where the Bible does not say that we should be fellowshipping with the brotherhood right. and going to church. Exactly. Right? The exactly. Old, well, it, uh, the church isn't a building. You're right. It's it not. It is the people. God still wants you to go to church and fellowship with the brethren. Exactly. And I, I, I've got a testimony that sometime I'll do about a man that walked with God for 15 years and never walked in a church, just read his Bible every day. And then after I walked into church for the first time, it's amazing the growth that's happened in my life in the last five or six years. So anyway, that's good. Well, that segues into the fourth chapter of the book is church. You know, the problem with the church today is that we've got too many men trying to lead the church that do not have their household in order. And so it's really a screwed up way of trying to um, lead a church. And that's where I was early on in my ministry. My wife was going to leave me because here I am, you know, preaching all these things. And I'll tell you as a preacher, the hard, (laughs) the worst thing to do and the thing that probably will get you caught faster than anything uh, is to be preaching about something that you don't practice. Like, yes. And I was not practicing being a godly husband at home or a godly father. But yet I would if I spoke it. Like all of a sudden I could just feel this wave of heat hit me because I'm thinking my wife is going to stand up in the middle of service and she's going to call me a liar and she's going to point her finger like, oh, I would have paid to uh, see that. (laughs) Please, Lord, answer this prayer one time. Only one time. So I I literally had to, you know, listen to her and say, okay, I've got to get this fixed. And so... You know, that church, that I, I think everybody should go to church. I, I think it's a great place. Uh, no, no church is perfect. It doesn't matter what you go. But if you're a leader in the church, I highly suggest you make sure your household in, is in order. And if you're thinking maybe God's calling you into a ministry, you've got to have your household in order. Because I promise you, if you don't, Satan, the moment that you step up into leadership or into ministry or whatever that is, he's coming after the family because if you can't protect the family spiritually, um, he is going to divide. That's his, that's his main goal is to divide you. If he can divide you, he can divide the church. If he can divide the church, he divides the community, so forth and so on. And it's, it's a scary place to be. Men, there is a third voice in your marriage. There is a third voice in your marriage. There's been a third voice since the garden, and we have to be very careful. You're, you're, the God is not telling you to accuse your wife. Right. God is not telling a wife to disrespect her husband, even if he did something wrong. Right. And we've got to start doing that. Amen. You know, these are things that have played out in both of our lives. Me right. a lot fresher than you because I've just been married five years. Right. First three years was a disaster. I was a disastrous husband. Well, I've seen major growth in you, and I'm proud of you because uh, you're you're doing the things that we're talking about here at Man Up. You know, start that personal relationship. Learn to be a an amazing husband. Step out and be the father that you're called to be, and then you can step up into the leadership of the church. And then the fifth area was work. Um, you know, what I see a lot of times, especially in the men's ministry, is that, you know, we go on Sunday and raise holy hands. Man, we're just, we're ready. We're loving God. And then on Monday, we go and raise holy hell. Like, 
you know, we're at the water cooler talking about the, the secretary and we're out in the warehouse, you know, telling dirty jokes and cussing and all of that kind of stuff. Like we need to be the example of the bright and shining light out into the world that uh, everybody is drawn to. And that's not happening, unfortunately, in um, a lot of the workplace. You know, the reason that you can't take your Bible into to the workplace is because um, Christians haven't stood up. We haven't stood for what we truly believe in, and eventually it's going to bite us in the butt. You look at all the things that are going on right now, uh, we're losing ground every single day because we're not willing to stand up for it. Because, again, it goes all the way back to the personal relationship with Jesus. When you understand who Jesus is and why Jesus died and why Jesus is coming back and uh, why the Bible is what you need to be living by, um, then you'll understand why you need to stand for it and stand for your family and so forth and so on. And then... You know, the sixth area is... Um, can I interject there you for sure a second? Can, yes. I was going to say, like, in Ephesians 5, or excuse me, Ephesians 6, mm-hmm. verses 5 through 8, it's a really cool part, buddy, because it he has these insights about work, you know, that God has called us to work. God mm-hmm. has called us to serve Him in our work. God has called us to serve Him, you know, with an excellent heart. God mm-hmm. has called us to serve, you know, and do our work with excellence right. and even to love our neighbors as ourselves and then appreciate and, you know, that he'll reward our work. And I think that's one of the things that we forget sometimes is that God will reward us for the work that we do, even if it's outside of the church, because when we're sharing that with the men that we're right. working with outside of the settings of a Sunday morning, you know, that's the place that we can minister to and to reach those that you know may not necessarily hear it exactly. or be even even those that might not even go to church on you, Sundays. Right. You know when That's I good. nitpick the most my wife, the kids, my job, mm-hmm. whatever is when I'm not doing anything. Right. I'm bored. Right. Yep. If you come to church, you've got to serve. Right. Exactly. That's where the goods is. That's right. where the that's where the Christian life yeah. is found is in service, whether it's preaching the gospel, taking care of the widows and orphans serve somewhere right you know the other the other day in church i came in and i'm i had to make coffee because an individual was out i taught the i kids i did announcements i'm not saying that to toot my own horn Mm -hmm. i'm saying that because the church needs help right we need volunteers totally it's not easy i do it. that's across the nation yeah exactly yeah yeah and that's where you know the whole man up really is is geared towards to get men out of the complacency of not serving in church and not going to church and not taking their families to church because you know that's where that's where fellowship happens that's where growth happens and you know the the sixth area is is this kind of leads into is accountability and so as i'm writing my testimony and i'm writing all these things out like i did not write the chapters as they came out it was just the way that i was you know discipling the way that i was holding myself i had men holding me accountable um i was uh, accountable to other people and that that sixth uh, the sixth chapter of the book is really about accountability i had men in my life and i still do that will poke me in the proverbial chest and say what are you doing like you're one of them too you you won't let me get a big head that's for joy yeah i know you do um and i appreciate that because because that's what i need in my life because if and if if people let me go I will bulldoze over you. I promise you that. Whether it's in, you know, uh, leading a church or leading a men's ministry or leading my family, I've got to have people that will hold me accountable. And that's a, a big problem in the church because, 
you know, Sunday morning is not the place to come and try to get connected. It's a great place. That's a great time. And we need to come there and hear a great message. And hopefully it's a great message for whatever church you're going to. And um, you need to be fed there. But what you really need to be there doing there is going already fed. Okay. So that's why the personal relationship is so important. You go to church and man, I've read my Bible. I've prayed. I've already been to that place of, um, uh, of enlightenment, so to speak from God. I already, and I don't need the pastor's word, but I want to hear the pastor's word. So let me go. Really the, the pastor's job should be to preach the gospel to those who the believers bring in that don't know the gospel. Yeah. You know, so like that would be the ideal job as a pastor, man, just to preach the gospel. If you know, if you could do that all the time, Rusty, can you bring some scripture up on TV? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Luke five, 17 through 20. Well, he's looking for that. NASB, by the way. Uh, ESB, please. Uh, Well, he's looking for that. Uh, We had someone ask, um, where's a good place to start? So uh, the one thing that they're facing is is not knowing where to start uh, to have their house in order. Um, So uh, number one is start reading their Bible. Okay. And I would start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the reason I would say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is because you get to know Jesus there. And so... When you understand who Jesus is, then when you start reading Genesis and Leviticus and Revelation and all, you know, all the other books, you're going to see Jesus in all of that. Because that's I, the key. If I can caveat this a little bit, too, is that both for, from a man's perspective and a woman's perspective? I would say both, because here's the issue. Like if you were to think of a marriage as a, a pyramid, so to speak, and you got you got the man over here and you got the woman over here and then you got God at the top. OK, if we're both seeking God, we're going to get closer to each other. You know, that's that's the goal is to get closer to each other. So we are, you know, we are one flesh. The Bible tells us that we are one flesh, that we are um, uh, in marriage, in consummation of the marriage, that we are one flesh, one spirit. And so when we become one flesh and one spirit, like, for an example, my wife and I, I would say 90 percent of the time we move as one unit. We literally like are we, we think alike, we discipline alike, we uh, there's some differences. Don't, that's that's the 10 percent that sometimes we get messed up. But all in all, we've got a really great marriage, a really great relationship because we both seek God to the best of our ability. And that, that's what I would suggest to any couple is to make sure that they start with the personal relationship. Then what God's going to do is through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to start changing you. And the prayer that I would have in that in that is say, you know, God, will you change me? Not change my spouse, but will you change me to allow me to get to a place to where I see her or I see him? Yeah. So when you read when you read Ephesians, it's Ephesians five that is the marriage. Right. Exactly. Love your wife like yeah, Christ loves right. the church. When you read that, that instruction to the husband and that instruction to the wife is their role unto God. Right. Loving my wife like Christ loves the church, I'm not doing that for Stacy. Right. I'm doing yeah. it for her. But I need to understand that it's my responsibility to God to be the husband that that, that scripture says. Vice, and on the other side of it, the woman too. Right. Because what happens is, if I'm doing it for Stacy because she's you know, telling me I need mm-hmm. to do this and I need to do that, then I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it for God. Right. And it's easy for me to look at Stacy and say, no, I'm not doing it. But when I know that my role there is of 
unto God. God right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what changed. When I right. did that marriage conference with you in Indiana, mm-hmm. when you had me preaching on marriage as my marriage was falling apart, mm-hmm. that's what I spoke on that day because the Holy Spirit right. imparted that on my heart that, listen, where you're getting this wrong is you're, you guys are putting a bunch of unlesses in here. Right. Men love your wife. Husbands love your wife like Christ loves the church, unless she doesn't submit to you. That's right. not what That's it says. What, yeah, exactly. Women submit right. to your husband unless he doesn't love you like Christ loves the church. That's right. not what it says. But what you just said is the problem. Mm-hmm. We don't look at our hearts. Proverbs four twenty three. Above all else, guard your, your heart. heart because out of it come the issues of life. You've got to look at every word. And figure out what he's saying. Right. Out of it. Out of what? Stacy's heart? No. no. Out of Your my heart. heart. Yeah. Is is my problem Jody's heart? No. Right. It's my heart. Right. That's, That's the problem. That's and a good. lot of times we get married before our hearts are whole. Yeah. Because we think it's instantaneous at, at salvation, and it's not. Right. It's sanctification. Amen. It's it got, God's coming back to restore. Mm-hmm. Some of it won't be restored until he comes back. And I right. think so. I think we got to be careful. Good. Yeah, yeah. If I can inject again, I think um, that might have been somewhere the question was actually leaning. Let's say we're in a relationship. We're married already, and um, you know we have one believer, one non-believer. Is the starting point the same spot for the husband for the wife? And uh, again, Pastor Jody, I think you answered this. Yeah. I think yes, that is the same starting point um, because you're you're prayerfully saying, "Don't change my spouse." Change me, right, change exactly. my perspective. Yes, I, I'll promise you this: if if a person, let's say for an example, the wife is not a non-believer and the husband is a believer, and he's you know they're they're struggling, if he will just follow Ephesians five, I will love my wife as Christ loved the church, whether she respects me or not, and he's going to love her um, to the best of his ability. He's going to listen. He's going to attend to her and all of that. She will see the change that happens in him and be drawn to that. Uh, again, if she's not saved, um, that will be the power of the Holy Spirit to change her in that direction. Um, but a lot of times, most relationships, and, and my wife and I are actually trying to write a book that's called Expectation Conversations. And it's a, it's a problem with marriages is that we just don't understand each other's conversations. You know, we don't have any expectations of change or anything like that. And so um, that's hopefully something that will happen in the future that... Uh, we can lay that out a little bit yeah. more, but you're right. Um, you know, it's it's really about a, a matter of the heart. And if again, with two people, they both have to want to change to an extent. Uh, otherwise, you know, there is the will of the other person not to change. But you know, again, God can change all that. So, you know, did you find that scripture? Um, yeah, it was Luke. Yeah. Okay. Now this go is, ahead and give me what it, this exactly is, what it was. This is Luke. kind of back to the point where we were yep. telling men to go to church. Luke <laughs> five seventeen through twenty ESV, please. Okay, let me pull it up. ESV, really? Uh, <laughs> well, Seriously? I can't uh, bring out the NK or the KJV because you don't understand. It. <laughs> so I have, to, I have right. to bring my beginner Bible. Uh, here. All right, let me get down to here. So you said Luke, and then what chapter? Uh, five, verses seventeen through twenty. And I'm going to cover for okay, Rusty. He, we had a computer crash while yeah. all that was going on. Okay. So That's all right. All right. We that don't happens. have to let him go yet. <laughs> Did we lose stream or are we good? No, no we're, we're still we're good on there. Good. Just so had his computer we're crash. going to do this. Yeah. So, uh, it's a little small, but 
So the scripture says one of those days while he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and also from Jerusalem, and the Lord's power to heal was in him. Just then some men came carrying on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They tried to bring him in and set him down before him. Since they could not find a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the roof tiles into the middle of the crowd before Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. We need a they in our life. Yeah, exactly. When we're struggling, when we're in sin, when we're not doing the things that we need to do, who is taking you to the feet of Jesus? Right. Who knows where to take you? Who is praying for you? Who is checking on your wife when you're out of town? Who is... Who are you spending uh, small group time with? And, and who, who are you allowing your kids to be around as examples right. of not only godly kids, but godly uh, parents? We need a they in our life. Get to church. Amen. That's good. You know? Well, and that's, what, that's what part of the accountability that I had in chapter six of my book was just, you know, we need people in our lives to, to hold us accountable. You know, especially like that's why I love small groups, um, you know, in the context of the churches, because, you know, small enough that people will miss you. Like if you're just going to church and you're sitting in the back pew and, you know, you don't come a few times and somebody doesn't really notice it and you haven't really engaged, then they're going to miss you to an extent. Uh, miss miss missing you, I should say. Uh, and it's uh, it's a scary place to be. But we do need those days in our lives. And that goes to the seventh chapter of, of the real, Bible. Real, real quick, one more point. Mm-hmm. We need to be a they. Right. So we need a they. Well, that's the point of the seventh chapter. Got it. So, and then we need to be a they. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. It's discipleship. You know, we've got to have discipleship in our lives. You know, um, in 2014, I spoke to over 5,000 men in conferences. Uh, we do Man Up God's Way experiences, um, conferences. And um, 2014, was a huge year for us. And, um, I did a poll. I don't know why I started doing the poll, but I started in January. I had probably 25 conferences that year, maybe 30 conferences that year. And, uh, I asked this question. I said, how many men, again, these were all men's conferences. How many men have a Timothy or a Barnabas in their life? Yeah. And, um, you know, we should be a Paul. We should have a, a Barnabas in our life, uh, Ananias, that is coming alongside of us and, and helping us learn the gospel, uh, uh, you know, learn the word of God and uh, pouring into us about life issues. You know, um, you know somebody like uh, who has wisdom in their life. You know, that should be the guy that you want to disciple you. And then um, from there, we should have a Timothy in our life. Who am I giving my wisdom to that I'm not only learning from Barnabas, but I'm also learning from my own life. And who should I give that to? Uh, I should have a Timothy in my life. So I asked, how many Pauls are there here that have a Barnabas and an Ananias? 5,000 men, uh, 25 plus conferences, 189 guys raised their hand to say that they were a Paul. Yes. Like had a Barnabas or an Ananias. And there shouldn't be any time in our lives that we don't have one or the other in our lives. That's the scary thing that's happening in the church today is that we don't have that discipleship. We don't have those days and we're not the they that is bringing people to the foot of the cross. And that's really, 
Um, you know, the last part, you know, what I was seeing in the church, you know, prior to man up starting, and I was trying to disciple men who had never been discipled, but yet they've been going to church for 15, 20, 30 years and never been discipled. And that broke my heart to think that if that's not, if that's in the church that I was going to at the time had, it, it was, it was on fire. Like it was, it was growing. It was a church plant. Things were going well. Uh, it seemed like it was going to, you know, kind of blow up. Um, and yet we had this, uh, you know, people still living off the milk of the word. And so after I finished my testimony and I looked at it and I saw this and I started breaking everything down kind of, and then that's literally how I, I, I had a bunch of papers that I'd written out and I sent it to an editor and I know he said, who's this redneck writing a, <laughs> writing a book. First of all, I can't understand a word you're saying. Um, but he came back, man, he, he, he finally, you know, cleaned everything up and got it all out. Man, it, it ended up being a, a really, what I thought was a really good book for a redneck who had never read a book. Uh, I kid you not. I never read a book until I gave my life to, to the Lord. Mr. Cliff notes. Yeah. Mr. Cliff notes. Yeah. I tell the story all the time. Like I'm old enough to have cliff notes. We didn't have Google cause I guarantee I had a paraphrase or, uh, plagiarized everything in the world if I was doing school back then. But uh, it ended up becoming a, an Amazon bestseller. And for the last 10 years, it has not been off the top 100 chart uh, in men's ministry. Uh, for books for men's ministry or men's cri Christian men issues uh, on Amazon. And, man, I'm just, God has just done a major, major work there. And so, you know, th that's really the history of Man Up. And so we launched the men's ministry 2002. We launched the book 2012. I think we started a Facebook page 2013. I got my first speaking con uh, gig in late 2013. Um, I had probably 10 of them in 2013. 2014 was an amazing year. 2015 started off gangbusters. Um, we were also starting the church that I pastor uh, in Eureka, Missouri, um, right around 2015 and, uh, my wife got cancer in 2015. So it kind of slowed everything down a little bit. 2016, we kicked back into gear. My wife's healed, uh, in Jesus name and 2016, 2017, 2018 were great years, uh, for man up. I did a ton of conferences. I wrote a second book called pursuit of a godly life where I literally break down second peter chapter one uh verses five through twelve where it talks about the virtues there i took each one of those virtues and created a chapter out of those uh wrote another book with a buddy of mine it's called uh um uh, marriage advance where we literally took questions from our our uh, facebook page like crazy questions and we wrote chapters on those uh like one of the chapters i'll just tell you how crazy it was can i watch porn with my wife right and so we wrote a chapter on that and uh it's a really cool book. And then we wrote, uh, I wrote a, a family devotion and, uh, um, so yeah, God has done some major stuff through that. And here we are 2022 launching our first podcast. And that was really kind of the, the, the history of man up, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff in between there, yeah. but, uh, that's the gist of it, of how we got to where we are today. Yeah. So it's really I met cool. you, I met you about five years ago in the lobby of your church mm -hmm. and my wife had just come. We were engaged at the time. And so I, so tell the story of your yeah. night your nightstand book. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> one not of the your things, nightstand, but the the bedstand, the, the, the tables, the table stand. Yeah, yeah, first of all, just to tell you guys just a, a quick snippet on me, just so you know, I 
I met Jody about five years ago in the lobby of his church. We started this church in uh, May of 2016. We were getting married in July. So I was uh, married when I was young, divorced when I was 23. I was a non-Christian, got saved when I was, uh, it was in 1998, which would have, I would have been 27 years old, uh, but really was just living a single man's life. I was single for 22 years after my first marriage. Um, I'd had very few relationships, was just dating, trying to be the best Christian I can without going to church. And uh, one day I just, I, my, my wife, who I'm married to now for the last five years, she went to my high school. And uh, I had just come out of an ungodly relationship. I was saved but not living or following at the mm-hmm. time. I was just kind of doing the best I could to live by law and read the Bible and improve as many things in my life as I could. And so I met Stacy on, uh, I, I was on Facebook and she came up as somebody that I might know. And I recognized her from high school. And the first thing I noticed was I, I was bound and determined never to get into another relationship without, a, with, with it being a, without it being a Christian woman mm-hmm. and that I wasn't going to marry. I was done at that point. And so I met her and uh, we started chatting. You know, she remembered my name. I remembered her name, but we didn't know each other in high school. And, uh, Long story short, we ended up getting engaged, courting, uh, came into the lobby of your, your church. She was living with her mom at the time. I was living alone. And uh, first thing, uh, or actually about a month before we came into the church, we were thinking about changing churches. We were at a much bigger right. church in the area. Um, good church, but we, we just preferred the more intimate setting. And uh, one day I was over at her house, and I saw a book sitting on a um, shelving unit that we have in our um, our hallway. Uh, we, we ended up buying the house that her and her mom owned together. And um, so I saw the book, and it was Man Up God's Way. And um, I looked at her, and I said, hey, hey honey, are you, uh, are you trying to learn how to be a better man? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no. She said, you know, my friend Sharon used to go to that church there in Ignite because I was living in Eureka at the time, and she said, uh, I guess the pastor wrote this book and she thought you might like it. <laughs> so at that point I didn't tell her this, but I thought she was telling me that I needed to man up. And clearly I, you know, didn't. You did, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, you know, babe, I'm not going to take a, a book about how to be a better man from a, a lady. Right. You know, I said woman probably. Mm-hmm. And so um, no big deal. I, I left that day, never heard about the book. We make a decision to change churches. I show up first day in the lobby, and uh, you came out and shook shook our hands. You knew we right. were new. Church was smaller then, mm. and uh, we started talking. And uh, you basically we were talking about what we were looking for in a right. church. And you stopped and you said you re- you turned around, grabbed the book, and you're <laughs> like, "Here, let me give you a copy of my book." And I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she went, <laughs> <laughs> "Which she does a lot." And. Uh, that the rest is history, man. Came into it. the church, never. I, I came into the church ready for ministry, ready. Probably, let me rephrase that. Thinking I was ready for ministry, mm-hmm. but I did not realize how a new marriage was going to affect that. Right. Because of the, God wanted me to get my house in order. Something right. that you've been preaching, and there was a point when I was in the leadership pipeline long before I was a leader in our church, and I had to get out of it. Right. I had to call you that night and say, I'm not your guy right, right. now. I'm not a good husband. I'm not doing a good job. And it was just trying to get that 22 years of being single and the yeah. independence that I had. Now I've got someone in my house asking me what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, how I'm doing it. Just 
normal right. wife questions. Exactly. And um, yeah, so basically, I went through the man up program without knowing it probably until that you're going through it. That yeah, I was exactly. Going through it, I finally realized that the reason why uh, I'm I'm so uh, skilled for men's ministry is because I'm so unskilled for women's ministry. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. well, we all are. Trust me, I promise you that. Rusty, yeah. you laughed a little hard there, bro. Yeah, if we, uh, if we could figure, hard. Yeah, well, if we could figure women out. you're you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I was the. It's kind of funny because the story of how I met Pastor Jody is almost about the same time. It was around 2016, I think, is what that first uh, men's conference right. that uh, Pastor Jody did. Um, down in Bourbon, Missouri, and mm-hmm. I happened to just see it on Facebook and was like, hey, that looks interesting, and ended up um, going down there, and they were having some technical That's, problems yeah, exactly. and technical difficulties, and I had my laptop in my backpack, and I was like, I'll help, and so I just more or less jumped in the back and ran the whole thing he for him. Spent the whole conference back there working, I'll never so, forget. That was but it was, it was fun, and you know, those are always fun times, and remember that, yeah. but you know, Pastor Jody's been there for you know, me and my marriage and my family is we've gone through lots of, you know, trials and tribulations as well over the past six, seven years, too. That's awesome. We uh, got the legend of the bourbon man up conference <laughs> runs strong. It does. I wasn't there. It was before we met, but I still hear about the bourbon man up conference to this day. Yeah, we've uh, they're, they're good, man. Uh, God has blessed us with those. We'll talk a little bit more about those, too. But uh, now we got some some cool stuff. Uh, check this mug out. Anybody see that mug? Yeah, I got the cool one. I got the cool one. You got water. You got coffee. You know, one of the ways that you could help support our ministry is buy our merchandise. We have a a website called manupmerch.com. T-shirts. We got some cool T-shirts. My buddy Shelby Craig with Rocket Shirts is taking care of us there. Um, We've got hats. We've got just about everything that you could. We even have a cutting board. Backpacks. We got everything. So... Uh, if you get an opportunity, check out that. We would appreciate it. That that does help fund our ministry. And so um, what I would like to do now is really talk about where we go from here. Uh, we're 10 years into our, our ministry. We've got some amazing things. God is really doing some, some great stuff. Um, and uh, I've got a list of things that I want to run through here uh, real quick is, you know, the first thing is we what we call our, our Man Up God's Way divisions uh, in our ministry. And so the first one is the podcast. You know, this is something that we've, again, been praying about, talking about, and finally uh, just just blew it up. Like, God just really blew this up. And I want to thank those who donated. Uh, there are people that uh, donated specifically for this. We have a two-phase project going on right now. First phase was the podcast. The second phase, as Ben mentioned earlier, is that we have a video studio that we're building across the hallway that will uh, allow us to do uh, uh, biblical content. It's going to allow us to do, um, you know, quick videos. Uh, it's going to allow us to, to do interview style videos where we actually bring people in and talk about testimonies and stuff like that. So we're really excited about that. Uh, that phase will be done probably in the next couple of months. So we'll get that going. Uh, the other part of that is going to be the video content where we're actually going to have a subscription based system that will have Bible studies, um, video style bubble studies that you can have with your your groups and uh, your your discipling the men that you're discipling. Uh, we're working on a project right now that'll be called War Groups that'll have 
uh, a package of 10 of these books, uh, some discipleship material, a workbook that's going to come along with it, uh, that you can start your own discipleship pack, um, model in your community, in your church. Uh, we're going to come alongside churches along with that to help people out as much as possible to teach them discipleship. And we're also going to coach those who want to, to disciple as well. I just so. wanted to say real quick, too. My, my favorite book of yours is Pursuit of a Godly Life. Mm -hmm. Like, I, obviously, Man Up is the foundation of the ministry. Yeah. But if you're, a, if you're a more mature Christian and you're just trying to figure out how to, how to bear more mm -hmm. fruit, the, the second book is the yeah. book that I, I, I think you did a great job with breaking down uh, those verses, the way that you did it. And I love it every time you talk about it at a conference, and I, and I love that book. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, this is more of your boot camp style. Like, you know, you're going to go to boot camp, get your teeth kicked in, and uh, realize how uh, dirty dog you really are. You're, and not, this the was, you're yeah. not the man that you think you right, are. Right, exactly. And I say that from experience. Right, exactly. You are not the man that you think you yeah. are. And that's where God took me. God took me through this just muck and mire and then finally brought me out, you know, to this place where I could actually see the man that I was. And that's that's really the heart of man up God's way is that we want men to get to the place to where where they are. So once they realize where they are, we can take them and, and bring them out of that into a, a better life and a better um, Christian walk. You know, that's really what we're, we're geared up here for. So. You know, with the uh, podcast, we're going to be doing this uh, every Monday night, 8 to 10. Uh, and, and our prayer is that it, it becomes a daily podcast. You know, Absolutely. hopefully, uh, you know, we get uh, sponsors, we get donors uh, that will allow us to do this daily. Currently, I work, um, uh, I pastor a church and uh, I also work uh, part time doing uh, construction, you know, just to, to make ends meet. And I want this to be full time ministry. And uh, we got some great things happening there. Uh, the video content I just talked about, Bible and topical studies, we've got quite a few people involved in that. Um, uh, that's going to be a, a really awesome, um, I'm excited about that because we're really going to sit down and talk about good Bible content, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes that you can get your guys engaged uh, and really jumpstart uh, maybe a discipleship ministry or lukewarm guys, you know, that's going to help uh, to do that well as well. We also have our, uh, we've got an app coming out, and so the app will be done probably in about a month. That is going to be a, a content-driven uh, uh, app. It's going to be a community-style app for men that they can get engaged, and um, you know they'll be able to have groups in there. They'll be able to do Bible studies in there. All of our video, our content, our subscriptions will be in there as well, so that's going to be really cool. Again, Facebook, uh, we have the largest men's ministry Facebook page in the world, um, 870 plus thousand followers. Uh, so if you're not following us on that, I'm assuming you are. Most people will probably be watching from there or YouTube. Uh, check those out and follow us on all of our social media accounts because that's really how we do our advertising. That's how we get um, people, you know, the information out. Uh, we're going to start doing a lot, a lot more video than I have in the past just since we've got it set up and ready to go. Conferences. Uh, COVID kind of killed the conferences for a little while. Absolutely. Uh, we just had an awesome national conference uh, this past year in 2021, uh, again in Bourbon, uh, Missouri. Had a great time there. And uh, we had 150 guys. So we keep them small because we want to to keep it to a place to where um, we still have time. Like, I like to get to know the guys. You know, I like to 
to hear their stories. I like to be able to talk to them in the, you know, sitting at breakfast or lunch or dinner or whatever we're doing and uh, really get to talk to those guys, not just speak to them, but actually sit and talk to them. So we could try to keep it as small as possible. And we had one of the best worship leaders oh, yeah. that we've ever oh, had. Oh, yeah, that Samuel guy. That, that Samuel that guy Samuel? who's like <laughs> sitting here right beside yeah. us. Uh, he did so good. That Samuel uh, Fergosa guy. I, uh, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Samuel? No, yeah. Not at all. He's like the... Uh, He's like the closest thing to the Maroon 5 singer I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Adam Levine. Yeah. Yeah. For somebody that's been praying for a singing voice so I could be on a worship team all my life. Never yeah, happened. Not happen. <laughs> because I wouldn't I would be doing it for me, not right, for Right, yeah, exactly. I was just yeah. about to say be careful what you wish. Oh, no, <laughs> if, me, if me and Jody were were like worship uh, singers or something, it would be all about yeah, us. Yeah, I'd be it's ridiculous. to be honest, if God had given me a voice or a talent to do that, I'd be like um What's the dude from the Rolling Stones? Um, Mick Jagger. No, the other oh, guy. The, yeah. The dude oh. that's. What's his name? What is his name? Oh, I know. Oh, you're gonna ask me that. Life so long, I don't remember. I can't think of his name. But the vanity Someone comes. Will. The vanity comes with it, brother. Well, I'm just you, saying, you like that dude is. He's a walking. You know, he's never gonna die because he's right. so full of oh, drugs. Oh, Keith Richards. Keith Richards. Keith Richards. Yeah, there yeah, you Keith go. Richards. Keith Richards. I just thought, I just thought yeah, that Yeah, Keith Richards. That's who I would end up being. So. So, yeah, I, I'm actually going to talk about that because that's one of our divisions that uh, Samuel will be um, taking care of. I'll talk about that yes, here in just Lord. a second. So conferences, we are available for conferences, uh, men's conferences uh, across the nation. Um, I, matter of fact, we've been international, and we'll talk a little bit about that division as well. Um, but, you know, the conferences are really geared toward, especially pastors, if you're listening right now, this is this is one of those ways. I always say that I like to come in and throw the hand grenade in and, you know, blow up your men and let you clean up the mess. Because what happens a lot of times is you don't get to say the things that I can uh, to your men. And, yes. and, I, and I don't mean in a crude or rude way, but I'm talking about deep to the heart, cut them deep. Uh, let them see where they are and then uh, allow the pastor to come and get involved in the men's lives. That's really key to men's ministry in a church is that the pastor has to be involved in the men's lives. And so our conferences are geared toward that to get them uh, excited about men's ministry and what it can and can't do. We've got a massive ministry here for our uh, our men at our church at ignite church and uh that's what we're trying to teach other churches well, to do as well it's crazy to go you know i've only been involved with the conferences for a few years now mm-hmm. i've done a, a few of them with you it's crazy to see the men's ministries come alive at the places we've been right i always think of faith covenant fellowship up in indiana indiana yeah you know and uh they get the boys out in the Odisha, yeah kansas exactly those the they come to every nowhere. conference yeah every right? co- yeah. i mean just just some yeah. of the men's ministries are just vibrant in the places that we've been to. yes and it's exactly the reason you said it is you go up there you throw a grenade in and we, then they, they they get the picture men right. need to hear that you're not all you think you are sometimes right Exactly. They need to be loved. We need to encourage, but they also need to hear yeah. sometimes that we're a little self-righteous. And, and, yeah, and there's there's sometimes that that's not the right message. You know, it really depends sure. on your men. You, you've got to know your men to an extent. Like, you know, they can't keep hearing that they're dirty dogs and, no. you know, expect them to do something. I, there's that initial. I, I literally, you know, when I was in boot camp, I... Um, it, it reminds me of boot camp a lot of times because what happens in boot camp is the drill sergeant is trying to get you to a place to where, first of all, you're not, you're, you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you think you know everything. Well, you really don't at all. Uh, and they take you to this place where finally the only place that you've got to go is to reach up and say, drill sergeant, I 
you know, I need help or uh, I get what you're doing now. I understand it. And they, you know, pick you up out of the muck and mire and they turn you into a soldier. And that's really what happens with man up conferences is we go through, we break it down and then we want to build you back up and turn you and turn you into a Christian soldier, so to speak. And so the conferences are key. Um, we, this, this time, um, and we'll talk about that here in just a moment. I've got Samuel Fagoza, who I'll introduce a little bit more, but uh, we have a, an all-inclusive style conference. Uh, we can bring the worship team. Uh, we'll bring the speakers. Uh, we'll have it all set up. All you got to do is provide the men and the, uh, the place to go, and, uh, man, we'll knock it out of the park, I promise you. Uh, the other thing is that we have uh, marriage conferences as well. Uh, my wife and I do marriage conferences, and we've done quite a few um, again, we, we love to, to get together with men and women. We try to, to, to get them to understand who they are in Christ, first of all, and then who they are in a marriage and how that blossoms from there. And, uh, my wife, it does an amazing job connecting with the women. And so that's a, an, another, uh, format that we have as far as conferences go. And, um, uh, we're, we're booking for 2022, so you can um, check us out on the website, and you can also send us an email at info at manupgodsway.org if you want some more information on that. Um, and then the books, we just talked about the books. Um, that's another division, the man, up God's, uh, the man Up Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World, The Pursuit of a Godly Life, The Marriage Advance, a uh, new book coming out pretty soon. I actually have two new books, hopefully in the next six months. Uh, one will be expectation conversations. It's seven conversations every couple needs to have and keep having is the name of that book. And then there's another one called Pornified Believer um, that will be an anti-porn book. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that one out as awesome. well. Um, and then church men's ministry. Uh, one of the divisions that we're launching in 2022 is uh, basically ministry in a box. We're going to want to come alongside of your church. If you don't have a very vibrant men's ministry, we're going to give you everything that you need in a box, um, along with coaching, a Facebook page, uh, ways to get a hold of us that we can help you develop your men's ministry at your church. Um, and it's not something that we're just going to sell you the box and say, good luck. We're actually going to get involved in your lives and make sure that um, we help you out as much as possible as well. Then um, we have gotten into the movies um, as well. Uh, it's crazy how, man, in our social media platform helps us there. But uh, I've written a devotional for uh, a movie called Indivisible. I wrote a devotional for Hacksaw Ridge, a men's devotional that was kind of an underground deal for Hacksaw Ridge. Um, I've been a part of the uh, Courageous launches, um, American uh, underdog, American underdog. So we just did American underdog as well. And I'm really excited about a partner by the name of Jason Noble. And many of you guys will know when I tell you the story of Jason, uh, Jason and I met, uh, probably about three or four years ago. And, uh, it was during the, um, movie breakthrough. If you heard the story about breakthrough it was about a, a young man, uh, in, um, St. Charles, uh, is Lake St. Louis. As a matter of fact, he and his buddies were walking on the ice. He fell through the ice and was pronounced dead, uh, at the hospital. His mom comes in and she prays a Holy spirit driven prayer. He wakes up. Um, I mean, literally from a, a, a beep, you know, going across that, and um, great movie, uh, amazing story of God just working in this family's life. Well, Jason Noble was the actual pastor 
um, in for the family during the time that it happened. Now, the pastor that played in uh, the movie was Topher Grace uh, from the 70s show. Yes. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, I remember the movie. But Jason was the actual pastor. He was kind of a, it was funny how they portrayed him because he was like, you know, the young pastor coming in with the skinny jeans and, the, you know, playing the rap music and all that kind of stuff. But Jason's a great guy. He actually just launched a church. Matter of fact, we talked during COVID shutdown in 2020. He launched a church right in the middle of the, all of that in Oregon in the probably the godless, most godless place that you could ever launch a church. But he has a company that does marketing for Christian uh, movies. And so I'm really excited about our partnership. He is um, man up is going to come alongside of him and help him market other movies. And um, to, to he's going to kind of get us into that area. Well, and and he, w- he was affiliated with American Underdog, too. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And so, yeah. you know, he's a big part of that. And uh, a couple other guys, Jeremy out of uh, Tennessee, were a big part of that as well. They they're the ones who got us on board. Uh, thanks to Jason. And uh, man, it's just what God has done. And so I've written quite a few devotionals for some of these movies. Um you know, we've got some things going on behind the scenes right now that I can't talk about yet, but uh, really excited about what Jason's going to do. Then the next area is my buddy Samuel. Um, well, Samuel. and actually, before you go there, uh-huh. um, John on YouTube, he said, you know, he heard that the movie was a true story about breakthrough. And mm-hmm. it is a true story. Um, you know, it's a true story of John Smith and, yes, his, exactly. and his mom, Joyce. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, they were actually at the American at Underdog, the American when, Underdog when, yeah. uh, movie when we actually got to preview those. So, right. you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to speak with John and he's an awesome guy yeah. and, you know, just amazing. Um, he coaches basketball, you know, for yeah. high school and everything. He's he's. He, you know, and he does a lot of really cool things yeah. with he know, just a had a baby ministries and they just had their just had baby, him and his wife. Baby, yeah. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I got to meet them. And as a matter of fact, um, the ladies are going to have um, Joyce come and speak at their next breakfast. Yep, so, nice. so she's coming. The mom. Great. Yeah, the mom is coming to the next breakfast for the ladies ministry here at our church. But um, so Samuel, my buddy. Um, so. so we, the other division that we have is going to be a music division, and um, we're still fine-tuning this. But, a lot of uh, pressure. A lot of pressure, <laughs> exactly. It's all, on, it's all on Samuel. But uh, So I met Samuel, um, a buddy of mine, um, John. Uh, I think it was Testimony House. Testimony House, exactly. Yeah. Uh, John, what is his name? I just went brain dead. I can't remember his name either. Dang it. He's got a podcast. Yes, exactly. We'll find it. So anyway... I was watching one of John's podcasts, and uh, he and I talked years ago. I've been, I was on his radio st- station uh, quite a few times, and we got to know each other. And he had just started his podcast, and, I, and we were talking about it. And this was a couple of years ago. and um, But I was watching one of his podcasts, his video cast that he was having, and Samuel was on it. And so I listened to – I was sitting in my office one day, and I was listening to the podcast, and – uh, I thought, oh, that's cool. And then I started listening to Samuel's music. I went to YouTube and I, I found. Um, and they're uh, gonna be, they're gonna be a little lost. You gotta look Fragosa. Fragosa, exactly. Yeah. You know, everybody, my look mo- up Samuel. My, yeah. Yeah, my mother calls me Samuel. Yeah, yeah. Look Fragosa. Up Fragosa, you'll find me. Yeah. You are the man. Yeah, look up Fragosa. Um, yeah, Fragosa, you need to come over here and 
let everybody see what you look like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll save it for the, the 31st. That's right. Yeah, he's going to. Yeah. Technically, gonna, in a, a social media fast, and I don't know how I ended up on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going live on Facebook. It didn't even well, you're dawn just, on me. You're just on the, yeah. uh, on the microphone. Yeah, but, uh, but Samuel, uh, so I called Samuel up, and I was like, dude, you know, I want you to come to my church, and I want you to, to sing. And I get, we probably played phone tag for a couple months, and then um, – uh, out of the blue, um, we decided we couldn't, the, the group that we originally had for our conference in 2021, uh, couldn't show up. And so like within five minutes, I called up for goes and I said, Hey man, you know, can you play for our conference on this date? And he said, give me 10 minutes, 10 minutes later, he calls me up and says, yeah, I'll be there. And so literally from there, um, through conversations through that weekend, you know, the Holy spirit just moved, um, that, uh, and he just, he was like, let's do this. Let's, let's figure this out. So, you know, one way that we're going to do that is have a, uh, all inclusive, you know, uh, conference, uh, schedule. So we'll have the worship team. We'll have the speakers. We'll have everything for that. So all we got to do, like I said earlier, is get a place to go and the pastors to, to jump on board and That's Samuel awesome. will be there. I said, John Simmons actually John commented. Simmons. He commented oh, he? on here and he said, glad I was able to connect you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. I just, I just went brain dead. I cannot, this Simmons. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. Uh, and you got an awesome podcast. So I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, so Samuel and I started talking and, uh, man, he's, he's got a, talent he's got video background he's got production background he's been in movies he's been in commercials uh and, and on the 31st i'm actually having him as a guest and he's going to tell his story about how he got from california to the midwest like south county like you're in south county missouri uh, st louis like how did and you're going to tell us yeah. that, but like, just like you got the church every Sunday, brother. Yeah, drug. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Drug, drug to church. Yeah. Drug here. So, so Samuel, um, introduce yourself and, uh, tell us a quick story. Or something. Yeah, man. Uh, so my name is Fergoza. Um, that's the best way to find me. F R A G O Z A. You can find me on Spotify, pretty much any social media platform you look on. And, um, I'm a PK. So, uh, I clearly ran away from God as fast as I could. As soon as I turned 18, mm-hmm. um, did the sex, drugs, rock and roll thing for a little while. Uh, ended up in a rough place, you know. Uh, found God um, on one of my. Uh, I'll tell the short version. Found God on the laundry room floor, uh, dirty mattress of a buddy's parents' house, homeless, living in L.A. Um, man, uh, and uh, when you pray for God to show up. Like, don't do that unless you really want him to show up because he will he'll flip your life yeah, around. Exactly. You better ask, make sure you want him to show up. And he'll ask Boom. you to do tough things, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and, and every time uh, he asks me to do something very difficult and I do it, the next ask is much, much harder. Right. Next ask is always much harder, and, and there's a lot more growth that comes with it. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to be a part of this, and, and just being a part of this is such a – it's been four years in Missouri uh, being on hiatus. I walked away from – a lot in California, right. you know, a big faith jump of, of walking away from, uh, an agent and, um, walking away from, uh, having a pretty sweet music gig to just hold a microphone every Sunday and make some pretty nice money just to sing some songs and, and not have to do much of anything other than be in films, be on film set, mm-hmm. uh, do podcasts like this and make enough money to support myself. And God said, Hey, why don't you move to the middle of, Nowhere, nowhere. Missouri. <laughs> and uh, 
and be a worship leader. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to do that. That's like, I think we should. So yeah, I'd love, I mean, I can't wait to tell That's the story awesome. and get into it with you, but uh, it's a pleasure being here and um, yeah. Honor. Well, I'm, I'm excited about that. Really, you know, our goal is that we have a platform that we can bring people in like Samuel Fragoza and um, those who have, you know, books or music or in the movies and give them a place that will uh, allow them to share their story, you know, um, you know, become a part of the man up God's way ministry. And uh, we would, ha- you know, we, we, we want like-minded people that are coming alongside of us to be able to expand um, the kingdom, you know, with each other. Uh, he's got an amazing voice, a great story. Uh, fear, what's, oh, I just went right there. Uh, music videos, Welcome Fear. Welcome Fear is one of my favorite songs lately. You got to check that out if you get a chance to do that. Welcome Fear is a great, st- I love the lyrics. I mean, I'm a lyrics guy and I just love the lyrics of that. That's cool. So really excited about that. Another uh, ministry that we have are our transition homes. And so I got a great story. Um, a buddy of mine by the name of Tate Jordan. Um, I was introduced to him about two years ago, um, right before COVID hit from another buddy of mine named Paul Getter. And Paul Getter has been in like the top 30 of the, uh, um, social media, media, uh, marketing guys. And, uh, he's just a great guru when it comes to building your brand and platform. And he's been a part of the man up ministry just about since we started and it's helped us just grow our page, uh, just out of it, the love of it, never charges the penny, but, uh, just an amazing guy and helped us do some things and gave me some advice. And, um, one day he called me up, you know, right during right before COVID hit. And he said, Hey, I want you to, uh, you got to meet this guy. Cause he's kind of got the same ideas that you do and y'all ought to hook up and all this kind of stuff. So Tate Jordan, who is out of Seattle, he and I have, um, have uh, formed a partnership that is going to take man up God's way into, um, the, the next years that I think is going to be, uh, an amazing uh, ministry by the time it's all said and done with his contacts, my contacts, uh, his love of, of Jesus and the things that he's done, we've put together, I think it's going to be an amazing ministry. So one of the ministries that we're going to have out of that are what are called transition homes. Uh, he and I both have a desire to help those that are down and out. And he has, he currently has two or three transition homes in the Seattle area that we're going to, you know, really help, um, you know, raise money for to get uh, discipleship material to that's going to help them out as well. And then hopefully, eventually, uh, we'll be able to set up some transition homes here in the St. Louis area where we're located as well. And uh, with his expertise and his understanding of it, that will get us give us a place to be able to to help men that really need, um, you know, sometimes there, there's guys that just do some stupid stuff. They get in trouble. They either go to jail or get into addictions and, and they just need that one time where somebody's going to help them out. The world doesn't give second chances. No, uh-uh. so easy, right? no. And we should, you know, as, exactly. as followers of Jesus. So I'm really excited about the transition homes as well. So I think that's going to be amazing too. And so the last ministry and one of my favorite ministries is our, um, uh, outpost in Haiti. Um, Ben, you and I both been to Haiti. My son's been to Haiti. Uh, I've been three times, I think, now. Um, we actually have a ministry, a Man Up God's Way ministry, and a liaison 
guy by the name of EJNA in Haiti that uh, we help support, that we go in and we develop um, uh, pastors to reach the men. Uh, Haiti has a, a really father pro, uh, you know, a fatherless problem. Uh, most of the kids there, 95% of the kids are fatherless there. Uh, there are very few men in the church whatsoever, and most of the men are the pastors, and uh, most of them we saw that, you know, when we went down there to teach those 40 uh, pastors of how just to reach the men that, you know, there, there's a problem there. There's a, you know, the, most of the religion down there is voodoo, so it's a very dark place. A uh, lot of lot of ministries down there trying to do some great stuff, and uh, Man Up God's Way is just coming alongside of those trying to help out as well, and so... Uh, in the very near future, we're going to start doing mission trips over there that we will get guys engaged where we're going to go over and build some churches and take care of some folks. And, um, you know, once this COVID stuff kind of dies down, it'll be a lot easier for us to do. But that's a, another part of the ministry that we're really, really excited about. And missions, you know, plays a special part in my heart and my family's heart, too, because yeah. we actually um, were able to be in Africa as a missionary family and, you know, being able to serve in those, it just gives you a whole new perspective on things and gives you just a perspective that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise right. and being able to see what they have. I'm sure you got know that Ben by heart. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Haiti changed my life, bro. Mm -hmm. yep. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I left Haiti. Um, I know it sounds cliche, but you know, you think you're going there with God in your pocket and you're going to save the world. And in reality, you get there. God's been there for a long time. Right. It's it's really for you. It is. And what you're doing. And, and, and I that that trip changed my life. It made me so much more aware and thankful of what I have. And um, I remember when we were at the uh, the lady's house that we sponsor from the church. Mm -hmm. and she was living in like an aluminum shack smaller than this studio. And um one bed her and her three children or two children right. slept on the same you know one bed right on a dirt floor and bob wire i mean evie cut her leg on bob wire right exactly. it was just laying around the place but i remember leaving there and i was weeping and pastor Vigene looked at me and he said what? we were walking together towards the vehicle and he said what are you crying for and i said well so, you know sometimes it's just it's it's hard to be from mm -hmm. america when you see things like this and he said don't do that he said, poverty is spiritual. And wasn't saying because you have a spiritual problem, you're in poverty. That's right. not what he was saying. But he said, go back and just do more with what you have. I mean, think don't, about don't, what, don't think about what he re really meant. It's a yeah. spiritual issue because those who claim to know Jesus Christ aren't helping out. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you think about that. Like, I, after going to Haiti and doing what we've done, we actually... Um, uh, this was uh, a, a gift that I got just out of the blue. It, well, I shouldn't say a gift, but a mission trip through Bethany uh, Children's Services. Yeah. And, um, man, they're, they're a great ministry. I'm actually on the board now for their international missions. And um, uh, it's just something that's in, in my heart. And I've been saying this. I think every 18-year-old young man and young woman should, you know, one, go into the military, and two, have to go to Haiti. Yeah. Like that would change, that would literally change your world if you did those things. Yeah, and, and how so. how God worked in my life there is like, I thought I was on track to be a, you know, a pastor or something. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't mean a pastor of your church, but maybe preaching sermons. And you know, I thought that was the calling on my life, mm -hmm. and it it turns out that it it wasn't. Yeah, I do some speeches, I may preach a couple of sermons, but being a 
us every Sunday, Pastor, it's not my calling. It's right. not, I'm not, I don't have great bedside manner. My point is, I come back from uh, Haiti. I'm having to pull out of the leadership because at the, you know at that time mm-hmm. maybe we were getting better, maybe we were still in, and I don't remember. But I had to pull away, and my wife was getting more and more involved on the outreach side with mm-hmm. the Operation Christmas Child and stuff like that. And at that point, I made a decision that I would have never made in my life before I went to Haiti, which was, well, I like outreach. I mean, that really. Ch- I mean, this is what we're called to do. Maybe I should just follow Stacy and just right. support what she's doing. Well, if, I would have never done that a year ago. I'd have been like, I'm not following right. my wife in the ministry. That's <laughs> that's not the order God has because I was stupid. Right. right? And so um, you guys keep in mind when I'm talking like this, I've only been married five years. So <laughs> I'm not on a 28-year marriage, and I still do things like this. I'm just trying to be real and raw, right? right? And so I followed her and just started supporting what she did and now we lead the ministry and i it's 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 my whole heart like I, nothing makes me feel better than helping someone in need yeah well and it's james it, 127 you look at that verse oh, yeah, you know and you love one. that verse it's a you know the what our father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after the orphans oh, and the widows yeah. the in their distress and to keep oneself i love the last part it says to keep oneself from being polluted by the world yeah, you're reading so, you're reading like the niv that's good the only religion the only religion undefiled in god's eyes yeah exactly sounds so much well so that that's really the future of man up god's way like we've got so many things going on and so many people involved like you know i I have um you know i've got my kids uh, my older kids so i have um evie and gabe uh they're 20 evie will be 21 at the end of this month gabe will be 20 in uh july uh i've got twin 10 year olds Paul and Addie and um, uh, a wife of 31 years and they are all involved in these ministries as as well you know uh, I have my son here today taking pictures and uh, I've got you guys uh, just honored to what God's doing I got Tate Jordan uh, who's going to be an amazing partner in this in this thing and um, you know, God is just doing some amazing stuff for the future. Like he is packing this. And I really screwed up for the last 10 years because, um, I used to own a company before I became a, a full-time pastor and, uh, I, I didn't need help. I didn't need, you know, support. Um, I'm now on a pastor salary and a part-time construction job. And, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're a 501 C ministry that, um, was going to need as much help as we possibly can. And so, um, we'll put a, uh, if you, ha- if you feel in your heart to give, um, it's funny, I've, I haven't done this in 10 years. Like I've never asked for money and, uh, but, uh, we do have a, a link on our website or our <coughs> excuse me, on our website, as well as, uh, uh, in the comment section right here. I just put it in the chat. So oh, everybody should just be so getting in it. The chat, so, so it's a bitly link. So you just um, click on it and it'll take anything, you straight to that page. Anything will help, uh, again, to help support this ministry. Again, we want this to be a, a full time, you know, uh, we'd love to do this five or six days a week. You know, we're doing podcasts and all of that, but, um, you know, man up has a lot of things that we're doing that we want to get involved with that, uh, God is just opening some major doors and just blessing us big time. So, Literally for 10 years, I've never asked for a donation, never really received anything outside of conference fees and stuff like that. In the last two months, you know, 
Uh, I met Samuel. I met Tate, you know, two years ago. He, Tate and I have been talking about this forever, just trying to get this thing ball rolling. Matter of fact, he'll be a guest on the show quite a bit. And because uh, his financial side, I can't wait for him to tell his story. He's got an amazing story of um, – I'll let him tell it because I don't know how far I can go with. I think he's told everybody. Well, but it's I, great. I it's great that God's putting the, like the whole team around you because yeah. you you err on the side of doing everything. I yourself. don't want anybody in my business. I know you don't. You, know? you don't <laughs> want you you and and you're not you're not mean right. about it. You're not. Right. It's just who you are. I just do it. Right. Yeah. And we've learned to operate right. around that. Right. Exactly. We we know yeah. that, that. I mean this. This wall here, when I walked in, this yellow stripe, I walked in the first time, I'm like, people are going to think we play for the group stripe. But, man, when it's sitting here, it looks good. And that's what you're good. The right. aesthetics are what you're good at. So right. We had one person ask if it was a Mustang or a Camaro. The, or the stripe. The stri yeah, yeah, I wouldn't exactly. answer. We don't want to lose half the viewers. Yeah, so I know. Exactly. Just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. Yeah, it almost looks like Bumblebee, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And Pastor, if I can uh, kind of jump in here real quick. Mm -hmm. For those donations, you know, there's still 15 days left on uh, taxes. Okay. So if you need a tax write-off, if you need something to do, um, and you haven't yet, you got 15 days to do that. So Exactly. That so that was my point. In the last two months, I kid you not, um, we had a $5,000 matching gift. Came out of nowhere. Matter of fact, it was a buddy of mine that I've known for 40-plus years. Um, he, you know, called up one day and said, you know, let's do a $5,000 matching gift. I was like, well, heck yeah. Well, we literally raised that $5,000 relatively quick. So a matching gift is somebody says, Hey, I'll give you 5,000 if you can raise 5,000. Yeah. Okay. So we raised that other 5,000 relatively quick. That's how we got the podcast. I mean, we have state of the art equipment in our podcast room. Like, I wish you guys could see everything that's going on. Matter of fact, uh, after tonight, I think we need a camera on you guys. Y'all talk quite a bit. So I want, I don't want people to, you know, as we're sitting here, Ben and I are looking at you, you know, I want people to see you back there, but, uh, that's that first 10,000 took care of this. Um, we have the video studio across the hallway that we're doing. That's going to have state of the art equipment, video camera, all that kind of stuff over there. Um, and then I kid you not, a month, well, less than a month ago, we received another $10,000 matching gift from somebody completely different that um, heard the story, uh, wanted to help out. And so we currently right now are having a $10,000 matching gift. We have 20, I think 12, 1200 or I can't remember. No, it was like 2,900. Okay. 20, day. is that what it was? Something 20, like 2,900 so far raised of that. And so uh, like Samuel said, we still have, um, you know, 14 days or 12 days of or 15 days in January. So 12 days left to got to, to the 15th. A, you got till the 15th to Next be able Saturday. to write that off um, on last year's taxes. And um, again, we would be honored, um, you know, if God leads you to do that as well. So that's the sales pitch, uh, so to speak. Uh, again, this is these are all the things. We'll, we're we're an open book. We'll tell you exactly what we're doing, how we're doing it. If you have any questions, be sure to send us an email at info at manupgodsway.org. So, so Ben and Rusty and Samuel, that's really the history of what Man Up God's Way is. That's the future of Man Up God's Way. Um, I'm blessed to have an amazing wife who has been on this journey with me for the last 
you know, 15, 17 years as Christians, and uh, she has supported uh, me 100% when it came to the men's ministry. So not only do we pastor a church, uh, we have this ministry. Uh, I've got amazing kids that poor Gabe, I bet he's been to probably, gosh, at least 75% of my conferences. Yeah. You know, like uh, I always traveled with either Gabe or somebody else. I never traveled alone. And, uh, or, you know, most of the time I would take my whole family. We homeschooled Gabe and Evie. And uh, he's he's been an amazing part of this journey as well. So I, I thank him for all that he's done as well. But um, so that's a that's the history. That's the future. Uh, God is just really just blowing this up. I'm excited about it. And uh, I thank you for coming alongside of this, too, man. You've you've been uh, gung ho ever since we started man up. Uh, you've gone to quite a few conferences and now you're going to set it across the table from me and uh, we're going to have some great conversations. So I'm excited. Rusty and Samuel, thank you for you guys as well. Appreciate uh, you having us. Uh, heck yeah, man. This is a blast so far. So, so New Year's resolutions. We've got we've got a battle about to happen. Yeah, we are. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> do you realize just so, just do you realize so how you know why I made this table so big? Yeah, like, so you, I can't you let, jump yeah. over it or flip or it. Or flip it, exactly. That's right. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I had to buy the no button. Yeah. I'm stuck with it. <laughs> Not in good enough shape to come over the table or lift it yet. Exactly. But so we're let's going talk to war with the we man are gonna, biggest loser Yeah. Challenge. So um New Year's resolutions. Um it's something that most most people do. Rusty, what were those stats? Pull those stats up again on the resolutions. Oh, uh, um, yeah, those were uh, the ones I found last night right. when we were doing our uh, trial run through. Um, we actually found some statistics, which was interesting. This is that, um, you know, 85% of people will make a New Year's resolution. Mm -hmm. But the sheer amount of people that drop off within that first week is like 57%. Right. So it's like 57% of people will like drop off and after within that first week or two and it's like, oh, nope, yeah, <laughs> not exactly. anymore. And then there's even a interest, more interesting statistic is, is that 20 to 30%, that other 20, 30% are like, nah, we're not going to make, make anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. yesterday, yeah. yesterday at church, you guys remember because you were there, I, I did the announcements. And the te normally when we, at our church, when we do the announcements, we give some type of a personal testimony mm -hmm. or some uh, scripture that talked to us, and we just kind of talk about it. And I was, uh, I, I did it on my announcements yesterday. It was on uh, New Year's resolution. And I was, all the things that I was thinking about making a New Year's resolution about I, when I was reading my Bible and starting to think about all the times I've read my Bible, the answer always came back that my New Year's resolution should be Jesus. You know, if I'm praying for peace for the New Year's resolution, where am I going to get that in Christ? If I'm praying to guard my heart, who does that? Me? No. Philippians 4, 7. God guards your heart in Christ Jesus. And so the problem is with New Year's resolutions not being kept is we're looking to ourselves. Right. My New Year's resolution since 2013, when I weighed 178 pounds, I had lost weight and was in shape and running. And went back to doing all the old things. Did you lose a leg? Is that what oh, it was? you lost a leg? I lost half my head. <laughs> seven and five eighths with no hair. But anyway, it, it, so a lot of time, a lot of times we have to we have to make sure we get to the root cause. And the root cause of any success in a Christian's life is in Christ. Right. It's Jesus. And so that's what I would. If if you haven't made one yet, I would I would start praying and asking God for the grace and strength to do what you want to do, uh, because. Mm -hmm. The, the peace or the joy, uh, that's not the root cause. 
the root cause is because there's some type of gap between you and Jesus in right. the moment, whatever it is, and you're not getting that peace and joy that only he offers, right? Right, exactly. So anyway, That's we're going to we're going to do a biggest loser. So uh, we did so we talked about resolutions and yeah. you know, one of the resolutions like um, you know, I think I for me, I want to I want to read my Bible more, you know, which is kind of a always I you know, as a pastor, a lot of times I study my Bible, you yes. know, because I'm preparing for a sermon or a topic that has come up in conversation or somebody. So I study. A lot of times study is just that knowledge part where I'm just trying to impart it into my brain, you know, not necessarily my heart, but into my brain. But my devotion um, is really what I want to get deeper into. Um, you know, sometimes I will I will scoot that to the side to study and uh where i even teach a lot of times just do a devotion you know don't worry about trying to take notes or searching all that kind of stuff just read to see what god's going to do in your life so that's my that's my first um uh new year's resolution the second one is um our my weight like it fluctuates so much um especially recently when i first started man up um discipline was a big key in my teaching and so i always felt that I had to be disciplined in um, my eating, disciplined in my exercise, disciplined in my look, uh, the way that I felt, uh, the way that I was reading my bio. Like everything had to be a, a, a pretty hard discipline. And then over the years, you know, from my wife getting cancer to the COVID thing, you know, I, when COVID hit and they had the lockdown, I thought, man, I'm coming out and I'm going to be built. I'm going to be jacked. And I'm going to be a theologian. And I literally, I think I finished Netflix. Like, yeah. like I just, the whole the thing. whole thing. I said you're done. I you rem- know, I remember one time calling you, and you like I'm watching The Walking Dead. Yeah. Or you're exactly. like I shouldn't be watching this, but I am. And we're on season ten or whatever it was. I'm like, oh. It's like yeah, just stupid thoughts. So my discipline over the last, you know, I'm 52 years old, and the weight that. um and I, I'm 221, 222 pounds. I almost cheated there. Sorry. I was going to tell everybody <laughs> 221. Yeah, because we're doing it. This is going to be a contest. We're going to tell you about it. But uh, you ain't uh, cheating. You ain't trying, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 222 pounds as of this morning. And there are no liars in the kitchen. Exactly. Mm, okay. And if I want to bring a scale in here. I will. I want to get down to one ninety five. That's that's my fighting weight. So that's that's a good what thirty pounds. Yeah, that's good. No, almost. No, yeah, around 25. Is it 25? So about 27. Yeah, 25, 26, 27. I don't, in that I, ballpark. Yeah, that, so that's going to hurt. You are 220 pleasantly plump, uh-huh. and I am 240 fat. <laughs> 245 pounds. You're 222. Okay. So next year uh, or next week, we will, have a, uh, we will have a spreadsheet with some man-up graphics around it. It'll keep track of our weight. It'll keep track of how much we lost and it'll keep track of the deciding factor, which is percentage of weight loss. So we're looking for an overall percentage. Sounds good. Okay. And I, we always have to remember though, that muscle weighs more than fat. So as you lose muscle or as you gain muscle and lose that fat, in other words, what it's going to weigh. So what Rusty is saying is that I'm more muscular. Oh, okay. That's what it is. (laughs) Word on the word on the street is Rusty wants some. So so he might get in on this too. We'll say 250. For Goza, he he needs to eat a cheeseburger. (laughs) Like he's too good looking for me. I've been. I want to tackle him, but yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah, he weighs a buck oh five. That's right. He weighs wet, like a buck fifty five wet. <laughs> yeah, so. but he does MMA, so you need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up! Why do I always do that? <laughs> Can I tell you a quick story, real yeah. quick? It's funny. I'm in Columbia, Missouri, 
and I'm not living a godly life at the time. And I'm in a bar and with some people that I worked with, had a few drinks, wasn't drunk, but tipsy. Was walking to a bar and this guy bumps into me and he didn't even look at me. He was a young kid. I'm, at this time, I'm probably 35 years old. This kid's probably 20, 21, probably right. a college kid from Mizzou. Had real curly hair, almost like an afro. Right. And uh, I said to one of my friends, man, that dude just bumped me and like didn't even look. I, I should just go over there and knock him out or whatever. And I didn't do it because I'm not tough. Right. It's just my mouth running. And uh, it was Ben Askren. <laughs> The he wrestler, was a wrestler at the, the University wrestler, yeah. of Missouri then, <laughs> like a two-time national champion. <laughs> the reason why I knew it was yeah. him, because I never forgot his face and his hair. Right. And I saw him once he became like an MMA bit, fighter. Yeah. And That's I was funny. thinking to myself, by the grace of God, I did not say anything to him yeah. that night. Because had I been 22 and right. not 35, I would have. Right. And, and I wouldn't you'd be dead. <laughs> you'd be dead. He'd be doing this with Gabe. And he'd be <laughs> Gabe and Jody. Show. He's unassuming too. That's right. Yeah, he's yes, unassuming. He yeah, and especially yeah. when he was a younger yeah. wrestler, he yes. don't look it. You True know, exactly. story of exactly. God's grace and silent my life. killer. So, so yeah, next we, next so so next week we're gonna launch uh, the, this challenge. I guess is what it is. So between me and you, and if anybody else on social media um, watching this podcast want to get involved. Um, you know, next week, uh, Monday night, eight o'clock, uh, we'll have it there and we'll have some information on the uh, chat, you know, for you guys to, to get involved as well. And, you know, I got a, but a good buddy of mine, his name's Cody Bobe. Many of you have heard him. Um, he is, uh, he's a men's, he has a men's ministry called, uh, Solcon. it was Solcon right. and Gaborum. Gaborum. Yep. Um, really great guy. Um, He's he's younger. Uh, he's probably twenty years younger than me. Uh, just built, and man, he eats right, lives right, exercises every day. And I talked to him uh, about a month ago, and I just you know I was asking him some questions about some of you know being fifty two. You got to do things a little bit different, you know, than I than I used to. You know, fifteen years ago, I could have just thought about losing fifteen pounds and lost it. Now actually have to do something about like i've got to eat right and i've got to exercise and i've got to do things a little bit different and um he just gave me some really good advice we'll we'll, we'll have him on the podcast as well as we're going through this journey yeah. and uh really you and i talked about this the other day is that you know it's not just a challenge for us to lose weight this is a challenge for us to to change our lifestyles like encourage each other to have different lifestyles than we've had in the past and um, I think both of you and I have, have lost, you know, quite a bit of weight and then not much later, you know, gained that plus some back. And so uh, our goal is and, and our goal for the men watching this is that you have a um, a lifestyle change. And it's got it's got to change with, you know, your habits, your attitude. Um, it's got to change with your, you know, your relationship with Jesus. You know, I mean, that's one thing that I'm praying right now is that God gives me the strength to do this because, um, you know, I want to see my grandkids. I want to be around with, uh, you know, with, with grandkids and great grandkids. And, um, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm burying my, um, grandmother on, uh, tomorrow. As a matter of fact, she just passed away on Friday, 92 years old. And up until September, she was driving. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So awesome. I want to have a legacy like that, yeah. you know, 92 and then just call it a day, you know? And so, uh, 
on the path that I'm going right now, that's not going to happen. So I appreciate the challenge and uh, the, the the way that we're going to go about this. Yeah, no, so just so everybody knows, because I, I don't think you're taking this quite serious enough, because I am out to destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not messing around. Okay? So Me just either. understand, okay. what are the, the stakes yeah. are this. Yeah. Ben's going to have, uh, whoever, you know, about every other night a pizza is going to be delivered no, to his door. It's, 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 it's 26 weeks, so it's six months. Okay. That's the competition. The loser has to take the other person and their wife out to dinner. Okay. At the place of their choice. It'll be salads. It That's it. it. Listen, I'm not talking so. about a $600 dinner, but we're going to spend 150 200 okay. So what we're going to have to save, we're not rich people. Sounds good. You know? I like I'll take it. I like whoever it. what's that i said i'll pick it okay you'll pick yeah, whoever Samuel, wants to Samuel donate jody's it. portion to pay for me and stacy to go to dinner <laughs> go ahead and donate it now if you do it before the 15th you can claim it on last Taxes. year's taxes exactly Got it? so that's gonna be really exciting uh we're, we're gonna present it all next week of how we're gonna do it but you know um i want to encourage everybody that's listening you know new year's resolutions are you know they're they're easy to uh, just lay out there and say, I'm going to do whatever it is. I meant better relationship with your spouse or kids or Bible reading or lose weight. Usually that's the most common one or just a better attitude, but nothing's going to change if your mindset doesn't change. And you've got to have the mindset that's going to change um, that, that will allow you to do those set small little goals. You know, um, you know, for us to set a goal of, you know, 25 pounds is a massive goal, but I, you know, for me, mine's going to be my goal of five pounds and 10 pounds, you know, like these small little incremental goals. Yeah, Rusty. No, and I was going to say that's actually really good because keeping track of like your progress mm -hmm. and, um, you know, not forgetting about, you know, what the end goal is, but having those small little goals to attain, you know, right. whether it's, hey, you know, in the first three weeks, I'm going to lose two pounds or three pounds, you know, whatever that may be. And you see those incremental goals and you watch those add up and you watch those stack. It's actually interesting statistic I said I found it says that 35% of participants who failed their New Year's resolutions had unrealistic goals right. or didn't keep track of them and so you know by keeping track of them just kind of like you were discussing and having those small realistic goals it makes it more attainable you right. know what you know what that reminds me of Rusty about what you just said is when Jody talks about uh, his prayer journals yep and about how it builds his faith when he goes back and he sees a sees a prayer that he can look back and say, God answered that. And that strengthens his faith in God right. as he sees God working in his life. Same thing. And mm -hmm. the big thing with me and you is because I, and I'm the worst one, we're going to have to encourage each right, other. Exactly. Like we bust each other's humps all the time. Right. But we love each other. Right, exactly. And I want you to be successful yeah, whether I yeah. am or not. So if I, if for some reason I was to bail out for whatever reason and you continue and you do great, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to be happy for you. Yeah. But, but we, we, yeah, we, we were need. talking about that the other day. Like, you know, in men's ministry, it's funny. Cause when we will, we will, um, we will cheer over somebody's defeat. Yes. And instead of, you know, lifting them up in a way that, you know, they know that we're brothers coming alongside, no matter what it is, you know, yeah. unfortunately. And so uh, we want to we want to change that where we're encouraging each other and motivating each other uh, and those who are following us. And, uh, you know, Tate Jordan, uh, my partner, he's he's going to be a, a big part of that as well, because he's uh, he owned um, quite a few uh, gyms and uh, has a, a 
fitness program and all kinds of stuff. So we'll be talking a little bit about that as Shout well. Shout out to so. Tate too for me, brother. Hey, good, uh, to, good to see, good to hear you're going to be involved. Tate. Yeah, so he, he's, he's it's going to be conference. fun. It's going to be fun. So uh, looking forward to it. And well, we haven't real quick. Yep. One more thing. We haven't even discussed our man Anthony. So right. my man Anthony, he's one of the elders at our church. He's involved with the thing. He's the, we haven't even brought the heavy hitter yeah. in yet. Yeah, like he's gonna be there. Yeah, we, we need to bring Alistair Begg in. We're not gonna be able to get him. We'll bring Anthony. Bring Anthony I always in. tell people this, and I would call, and you would be a phone in friend of mine. <clears throat> but Anthony, if I was on oh, if you're, that yeah. show and I had a biblical question, yeah. especially one in context, <laughs> I'm calling my, my, calling my Anthony. man Anthony's gonna be. I my, would call him too, and then you would yeah. be my second, and yeah. probably Gary, my third. Yeah. Don't don't call me. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, like I, I would. You I, don't. I can remember every eighty song when it was written, when it came out, who sang it, uh, all of that. But I can't remember scripture half the time. Like I'm, I'm going through it. And th- luckily, I've got everything highlighted. So once I get there, I'm like, oh, okay, there it is. I know where I'm supposed to be now. So, um, but awesome. Well, I tell you what, um, I think we're gonna call it a close today. And uh, uh, it's been an honor. Uh, I think that was a great first podcast. And uh, next week, join us uh, again. Um, it's a variety show and, uh, we're going to be talking about faith and life and, uh, social media and current news and, uh, things that are going on and where we failed. Yeah. Where, where we we're failed. still failing. Exactly. Like guys, this, we're like, I'm not, listen guys, I'm not Paul washer. Mm-mm. I wish I was, Mm-mm. I'm not there yet. I'm not Alistair Begg. You know, Mm-mm. I'm, I'm a, I'm a everyday working man following God with as much zeal and as much energy as i have but i am an imperfect person amen so if you want to listen to this podcast you're going to pick out a (laughs) hundred things that me and jody might say and you're like well that okay yeah i'm I'm trying right exactly you know what i'm saying and that's that that's how our men's ministry is we we just want the best for men well it's always two steps forward and one step back is still forward progress you know that's what we want we want to just keep trying to move forward as much as possible even in our failures and we're going to be open about our, our failures and, um, you know, open and honest. And we want everybody to know that, um, <clears throat> it is, it is work, you know, to be a Christian. Uh, it is hard work if you're doing it right. And sanctification isn't easy and it's not fun. It's not glamorous. Um, but man, is it glorious when, uh, you, you get to that place where I know Jesus, you know, that's my relationship. Uh, I have a better marriage because of it. I'm a better father because of it. I'm a better servant at church because of it. Uh, it definitely makes things a lot better. So, well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, come back and see us again next week, 8 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time, and we are out of here. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.